How many of you did a little reflecting here the last couple of days? But I, you know, in some places I have been to, they, they kind of, they have to cheerlead you and they have to ask you to stand and worship God. I don't even think about it. It's, it's like, a, it's a no-brainer, right? Y'all just... We just, that's the way we, we worship God. And, and, and the same, and we never, well, I don't want to say never because you're not supposed to use that word, right? But not very often do we ever take up an offering per se. You just respond and you give according to what the Bible teaches. And I commend you on both of those. Amen. All right. Praise God. And we are, we are very thankful to be in the house of the Lord Amen. on the Amen. first Sunday Amen. of 2021. Amen. And we're... We're kind of working on that, okay? I know we're kind of working on it. They're just so, it's so good. I just, you know, I, I, we don't need to change it other than the year. But we'll, we'll pretend for now, okay? Just pretend. Amen. And uh, again, we'd like to say welcome to our guests. Ken, nice to have you with us. And, and all of you. Clement, good to see you and your family again. And uh, and who? Yes. Yes. I was gonna say, good to have Soldad back with us. Amen. And we're expecting more as they trickle in the door. You know, they get get. Uh, they overcome whatever they're overcoming and they come back to the house of the Lord. We're glad to have you here with us today. All right, we're going to read from the book of Second Chronicles, chapter number 29. We're going to read verses 1 through 3 and then verse number 17. No can do? Really? What happened? Locked up. And we're trying, we're also, we're, we're, we are, we're, we're, it's on our agenda, let's put it that. We will fix this thing. We will fix this thing. All right, Second Chronicles 29, verses 1 through 3, reads like, oh, now we got it. Okay. Guys, guys just messing with me. Cliff, you're just messing with me. <laughs> He's upset because I took him out in ping pong. 
Alright, here we go. Hezekiah became king when he was 25 years old. What were you doing at 25? My, my, my. And he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abijah, the daughter of Zechariah. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father David had done. In the first year of his reign, in the first month, he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. And we're going to skip down to verse number 17. And uh, just to kind of save time here. Now they began to sanctify on the first day of the first month. Now do you know what day that would be? Huh? New Year's! Hello! Alright, so they began to sanctify on the first day of the first month, and on the eighth day of the month they came to the vestibule of the Lord. So they sanctified the house of the Lord in eight days, and on the sixteenth day of the first month they finished. There's a lot in between there, but we're going to, just for reading's sake, uh, we're going to stop right there. And uh, I would like to speak to you this morning on this thought. Open for business. Open for business. Hallelujah. Amen. And I'm going to ask you if you would, if you would lift your heart one more time. And uh, I hope Brother McCune doesn't get uh, tired of me asking him. But we're going to ask him once again this morning if he would lead us in prayer. And uh, amen. Let's open our hearts and our minds this morning. Would you, Brother McCune, would you lead us in prayer, please? Father, today we're thankful that we can be in your house, that you've granted us the health and strength to be here to worship you, to seek your will, to hear your word, that we can be anointed of you, to be directed and guided in the days to come. We ask for your blessings upon this congregation in this coming year many will be blessed and filled with your spirit and anointed of your power. Anoint your messenger today with the word that we might be instructed and guided, we ask in Jesus. Amen. All right. The Lord bless you. You may be seated. I, uh, this morning has already been very exciting, of course, because Sundays are always exciting for me. Just the way it is, but Every day is exciting, but Sunday is a little bit more special. Sure. But uh, I, uh, I had a call this morning. Now, I'm, I was ahead of the game this morning, right? I mean, I had my, the title of my message and scriptures to Brother Cliff probably, what, I don't know, 8, eight o'clock or so, because he's usually always, you know, bugging me at around, oh, 10.30, right? And so I, I got got everything to him, and uh, uh, I got a phone call. I got a phone call. I don't know. What time did you call? About 10 to 9 or something? I don't know what it was. But I got a phone call, and I answered the phone, and good morning, Tower Pentecost. And the first words, okay, from this gentleman's mouth right here, not the first words of his mouth were out of his mouth. He says, 
Are you open? <laughs> what? Dude, are you like looking over my shoulder here or what? And we had a, a quite a conversation. In fact, I think I asked him to repeat it, please. And then I, I, uh, I went on to explain to him uh, why I asked him to do that because the title of my message this morning. Then I got a, a text from Cooper Grant. I don't know what, when that was. I, and uh, he says, Papa, he says, I want to get baptized this morning. Wow. So my day has already been made. Right. But so we celebrated New Year's Eve. How many of you were here? We celebrated. We had food, fun, and fellowship, and fireworks. Yeah. And when the fireworks started, they had some really good ones. Yeah. I told them, I said, well, I'm leaving before the police come. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I made the final four in the ping pong Ooh. tournament, which was, you know, I didn't expect that at all, right? And... But watching the finals was pretty cool. I mean, I don't know if you were here, uh, but if you watched Sister Corey and Devin play those finals, wow, you're going like, they were really good. Right. They, they really were. They, they were really good. And we had a good time. And uh, some stayed up way too late. I mean, way too late. And now, this morning, the Lord has been gracious to us. He has brought us together again. And in a sense, this morning, to celebrate or to inaugurate a new year coming live. Okay? We are not Facebook postponed podcast or whatever. I want the world to know, and us to know, okay? We are coming live this morning from the house of the Lord. This is a live service. Because we are here to give thanks for all that He has done. And we want Him to know that we are looking toward this year with great anticipation, with great expectation, believing that He is going to do something really good. I hope that we run this spiritual race in 2021 like we have never ran before. As the writer says, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. Never taking our eyes off, pressing towards the goal for the prize of the high calling of Christ Jesus our Lord. How many of you believe that is your high calling? Amen. And I'd like to, to uh, cover three 
events in the Bible that are recorded as happening on the first day of the first month, New Year's Day. Now you know they've got to be good, right? They've got to be good. We read one of them to you. The first two, just going to cover briefly because I think that they're, it's just, there's something about when, you know, when, when the Bible talks about the first day of the first year, something spectacular is taking place that you just got to give a little bit of attention to when it's that time of the year. Kind of like Christmas, kind of like Easter, Palm Sunday. And so, the first one, I want to... There's a a couple more. There's Hezekiah, of course, and then there's Noah, and there's the tabernacle in the wilderness. So, I want to look at Noah just briefly here. There's a couple of areas that I think are worth taking note of this morning. We know what the world was like. The Bible tells us that the world was evil continually... Men's thoughts only thought evil. Brother Jeff, if you were here, that great lesson, Brother Woods, thank you so much for that. It's a reminder. I mean, what he was what he read in the adult lesson, it talks about the heavens, the old heavens and the earth passing away the elements with a fervent heat. That's a lot of fireworks going on there. And uh, could you douse those a little bit for me, please? So Noah, he lives in a time where everything has gone to pot. Yeah. And it's a story of one man in the entire world. Yeah. Now we know the world wasn't 7 billion by any stretch of the means, but we don't know how many people there were, but there was a lot of people anyway. The, the story of one man stand in face of the entire world. One person taking a stand. One person does make a difference. Amen. Boy, does it ever. One person makes a difference. You make a difference. And I wonder what impact can we as individuals, certainly collectively, but as an individual, what can you do this year? If you took a stand, I mean you took a stand, what could God do through you? It's a question to consider. And at the end of the year, would you listen? And the things closest to us sometimes we neglect. And here's something to consider. At the end of the year, I I believe that Noah, and I I know it was more than one year that he was working on that ark. But at the end of his stand for God, he was very thankful because at the least and at the most, his stand saved his entire family. 
I don't know about you. I would be okay with that at the end of the year. Hello? I would be okay if all of my... I still, I got six siblings still alive. I would be okay with all of my... I'm talking about my whole family. I'd be alright with that. I would call that a successful year. Amen. Don't you think we ought to focus on that a little bit? Come on. Worth consideration. Genesis 7.16 says this. says they went into the ark and the Lord shut them in. God closes doors and God opens doors in our lives. And God may have closed some doors in your life in 2020. And maybe you thought that He shouldn't have. But take a lesson from Noah. Maybe He closed that door to keep you safe from a storm that you could not see. And here's the good news. Genesis 8.13 In Noah's 601st year, the first day of the first month, the waters had dried up from the earth and Noah removed the covering. He had some kind of a covering over the top. He removed the covering from the ark and saw dry ground. After going through the storm, God allowed him a peek into the future. And even though it would be another 26 days before they would actually de-ark, let's just say that Noah saw a lot of blue sky. There's a term they use, blue sky. It's all blue sky. They use that sometimes in a negative way. But I want you to know, if you would have been Noah that day, right? He opened all he could see. Listen, all he could see, for the most part, all he could see was whatever was up here. All he could see was blue sky. All he could see was a brand new start to life. It was a blank canvas. It was an unwritten book. God had given him and his family an opportunity to start brand new. And can you, he really, they, he missed, it was almost a repeat of the garden. He missed his opportunity in the big picture. He had an opportunity to start over brand spanking new and build a world for God that was only going to be a godly nation. And instead, he built grapes and got drunk. That's what a new year is like. A new start. Can you Now, if you would have went in the went through that storm and all it was somewhere close to 10 months or whenever it was. He opened that up and he saw blue sky. I want you to know, I believe this year, if you'll look at it, 
if you'll get a hold of the Word of God and the promises of God, that He wants you to take a peek into the future. Brother Woods talked about that thousand years. Listen, church, there is a day coming that is going... It is going to be so awesome. It is going to be the most incredible thing that you and I will ever experience. And there's one thing that we can... Listen, some of us went through storms last year. Oh yes, all of us did. One big one. But some of us were impacted more than others. But there's one thing I believe that we can count on today in this story of Noah. If God takes you through a storm at the end of it, you look up and you will always see that promised rainbow. Exodus 40. The tabernacle. Listen. And this was entering their second year. Okay, Israel. Listen to what they had went through that first, the last year. <laughs> Listen. The past year for these folks had been one for the history books. Nobody, actually nobody would ever, hardly ever believe them that they had experienced all this in the last year. They survived after surviving most of their lives of slaves in Egypt, surviving ten plagues, leaving Egypt only to have the entire Egyptian army in pursuit, crossing the Red Sea on dry ground, the miracle of the manna. We're talking all of this happened in a year's time. Then after a year of traveling, setting up and taking down campsites along the journey. The last six months, Moses and Aaron and the crew had been building this thing that God had told them to build, this thing called the tabernacle. But God didn't call it the tabernacle. God said no. He says, this is the meeting place. All right, come on. Hello. He said, no. He said, you're building something that when... You build it the way that I ask you to build it. He says, you're building it because my glory is going to be manifest upon this place that I have called you to meet. Come on. And now it was time to set it up. Time to celebrate. So the Bible says, on the first day of the first month, God said, you're to set it up, Moses. The tent of meeting on the first day of the first on the new year's day i want you to mark it on your calendar because when you come together and when you inaugurate when you dedicate this thing that i have called that you call the tabernacle he says you are going to witness something like you have never witnessed before because my glory is going to overshadow and come upon that place 
All we would do is good. We celebrated already this morning. It would do you good to celebrate the glory of God every time He meets us when we come together and we begin to worship Him. We're not doing it just for the feel good. We're doing it because He is worthy of it. Because we love Him. Told that verse number 34, they set it up, they dedicated everything, and then it says, The cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. In other words, the tabernacle was so full of God's glory that there was no room for the people. I'm looking for the day when we come through that door and we can't even get any closer than the vestibule because this place is filled with the glory of God. You say, preacher, that can't happen in my day. Why can't it happen? There was no uh, God's. It was the time that God that God honored what they had done for Him. Oh, I wonder. I wonder this coming year we've got a uh, model for the first hundred days reaching a hundred souls. I wonder, God, only God can fill His house with His glory. But here's what you and me can do. We can make a concerted effort to fill His house with living souls. We can fill His house with real people. Then there's Hezekiah. We're told he began to reign as king of Judah at the age of 25. The previous king was his father Ahaz. Here's a brief summary of Ahaz's term as king. We've had some not so good uh, presidents in the last few years. We go back, you know, Nixon, whatever, whoever you want to go to. But Here's Hezekiah, 25. He comes on the scene after his dad passes on. And here's what he took up. Here is the legacy that his father left to him. Here's a brief summary of his dad. Second Chronicles 28, you'll find it. We're told he made images of Baal. He offered his sons as sacrifices in the valley of Behenan. The Lord allowed Syria to defeat him in one day. 120,000 warriors of Judah were killed on the battlefield. This was the weakness and the morality of the nation that he was taken over. They had no concern for children for babies, toss them in the fire. God says, well, you watch what I'll do when you go to battle. 
120,000 soldiers killed in one day. The enemy captured 200,000 of their wives, their sons, and their daughters. Later, they would release them. Verse number 19 of of that chapter says, The Lord humiliated Judah because of King Ahaz. Ahaz then would dismantle the things in the temple. Verse 6 and 7 sums up the spiritual condition of Judah at this time. The generation before them had been unfaithful. They had turned their backs on God. They had closed the doors to the house of God and turned off the lights. That's what it says. Kind of reminds me of a of a time that I heard about recently. Oh, wait a minute. Our day. That's what can a twenty-five-year-old young person do in in a time of such evil and such political turmoil. What's possible that one person can do? Oh, and we're told that they were surrounded by enemies. They were surrounded by the Philistines, the Edomites, the Syrians, and the Assyrians. Normal thinking would have been probably in the political world of the day. He could have turned his attention on an attempt to form some kind of a political alliance to secure the safety of his people, to secure the borders, to, you know, to make sure that everything was going to be okay. But this young man understood it was useless to go this direction with nations who practice bad morals and bad religion. In other words, he understood because he apparently had some kind of good upbringing from his mom, not his dad. I don't know why that sometimes is the case, church. Hello, men. If you've been in the church very long, you have seen it down through time. The mothers of Zion, sometimes for whatever reason, they lead the charge. Hello? You've seen it? How many of you witnessed that? Say amen. And he... His attention, politically, he could have said, well, we need to negotiate terms and come to some kind of... But he understood. Listen, there is no negotiation with evil. You cannot, you cannot negotiate with the devil. 
There can be no peace alliance with good and evil. There is no such thing. And this young man understood. Something got into his heart. He apparently had studied King David, a man after God's own heart. And he understood, well, wait a minute. How, why would I try to make an alliance with somebody who doesn't worship the same God that I know to be true? And so, a nation under distress, he understood no political party was going to bring reform. Hello? Hello? There, there is no governmental ruled political party that can bring you and bring me the revival that is going to transform not just my life, but change the world. It ain't going to come from Washington, D.C. It's going to come from the house of God. And so, he said, alright, no time to lose. So, his first hundred days in office, just joking a little bit, But notice what it says. The first thing, the first day of the first month. Verse number 17 brings it a little bit. The very first thing that he did. First day of the first month. The first thing that he did. He said, hey, what we really need is we need a spiritual awakening. He said, we need a spiritual revival. He said, we need a God influence in our lives, not a government influence in my lives. 600 bucks is not going to get the job done. I'm sorry. But what will get the job done is the Bible, is the Word of God. What will get the job done is when we baptize somebody in Jesus' name and when God fills them with the Holy Ghost and they begin to shout and dance and sing in victory. So the first thing that he did, the Bible says that first thing he did, he took the key, he walked up to the house of God. Listen to me. The the temple. We're not talking now the tabernacle out in the wilderness. We're talking about the temple that literally was probably, I don't know, had we, we tried to figure it out one time, at least a trillion dollars in gold alone. His dad had sold off what was inside the house. You understand why we can't close the doors? We will never close the doors. We will declare 
to the world and every adversary that's evil out there lurking on the doorstep. This place is open for business because what is on the inside is very, very crucial to eternity. His dad, he had locked the door. He had turned the lights off. He had sold, the Bible says, he had sold off the in all of the all the gold utensils and everything. He sold that. Oh my word. I'm not sure how long it had been now. But the Bible, first thing he did, he walked up, and the Bible says that he re- he opened the doors and he repaired them. He opened the doors and he, he opened the doors and he said, "All right." He says, "It's time to clean." And the Bible says that 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 they start the first. It took them eight days to get to the porch. What says? It took them eight days to clean the debris, whatever it was in there. It took them eight days to get to the porch. I think it, it was what they said. And it took them another eight days. It took them 16 days just to clean things up. Brother Jeff, hit it. On the nail head this morning. Is it. It only. It will. The revival will only come. This world will only be reached according to my gospel. And by that I'm not saying the, the, the knowledge and the skill. No sir. I'm saying that it will come from however I am dedicated and devoted and in, in pursuit of the Holy God that reigns on high. The world will only get what you give them. So He opened the door. That was He who said, hey, you want to come in and help us? We're going to clean this world up. Where's it going to start? It started for the nation of Israel. It started right in the place where truth and light and the manifestation of God met them when they came together. It's, it is not just mere words when they tell us that Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together so much the more as you see that day approaching. It is not just mere words. Those are inspired words that are penned by holy men of God, but they are unctioned by the Holy Ghost. God Himself is speaking those words to you and to me. He unlocked those doors. They begin. They begin to clean up their act 
and it would ultimately impact their nation. Verse number 11, I've got a hurry of... But verse number 11 says, Hezekiah says, do not be negligent. Listen to this closely. Do not be negligent. For the Lord has chosen you to stand in His presence to serve Him, to be His ministers, and to burn incense. Don't point the finger at the preacher because the last time that I checked, the Bible says that you have been called. You have been chosen. You are a holy nation. You are a nation of priests. So don't point the finger at the preacher. Point the fingers where they're supposed to be pointed. Right here at you. Hezekiah said, don't be negligent. For the Lord has chosen you to stand in His presence. To serve Him. To be His minister. To burn incense. You see, what Hezekiah knew that he had to do was he had to get their nation's altar in working order. Because Hezekiah knew if the altars of the nation were in working order, everything else would be okay. If your altar works, everything else is okay. But if your altar is out of order, if your altar does not work, you will never proceed any further. And so verse number 20, so they cleaned up and listened to what they got everything in order. The, the Levites, they said, hey, Hezekiah, we're ready to go, man. <laughs> we're, we think we're ready, man. We got everything's cleaned and, and uh, we got the altar all ready to go. And so verse number 20, listen to this very carefully. The Bible says that he rose up early, Hezekiah. He gathered all the officials of the city and they went up to the house of the Lord and began to offer sacrifices on the altar to make atonement for the sins of the people. Now, this is no ordinary building. This is, you know, the, I'm talking about the temple back there. Okay? The glass cathedral that has now become, I don't know what it is, but it's all messed up or whatever when the guy that was the guy died and the son died, but whatever. No, no. The temple, Solomon's temple, it was the most glorious structure that has ever, that has ever been built. And so when he rose up early in the morning, Sister Reyes, and he began to march, probably wearing his crown, he began to march 25-year-old punk. That the people said, you don't know nothing. I know one thing. 
I know I need to do something for God. Come on, Mom. He walked up to that door. He gathered the mayors and the governor and all the city officials. He says, hey. He says, we're going to the house of God today. And he opened those doors. And he began that altar that was repaired. Bible says they offered sin, they offered sin offerings and peace offerings and offering offerings and all that kind. And he, now, now listen to for the atonement for the sins of the people. It was a bloody altar that had to be rededicated. It wasn't no pretty little gold-plated you know, jewel thing that was there for show and tell. No, sir. The altar was always and always will remain. It is a place of sacrifice. It is not for showmanship. It is a place that we come and we dedicate and we commit and we put our lives on the altar and we say, God, if you'll have me, I'm willing to give you myself. The altar's got to work, friend. And I love it, and I don't mean to cause anybody to feel uncomfortable, but I love it when first-time visitors, first-time guests, yep. that they come to the, our altars. Yes. Even during worship yes. service. And then, verses 26 and 27, once the altar was working, it says, then the king brought in the musicians. Mm-hmm. And he brought in the singers. And then it says, and all the congregation worshipped. Verse 36, and everyone rejoiced over what God had prepared the people for. The thing was done Suddenly. In other words, God didn't need a year. He didn't need two years to bring this thing to pass. He turned it over in a very short period of time. You see, once the altar was working and they knew and the people had confidence that that it was Then He said, all right, musicians, He said, come on in. Lead us in worship. He called the singers and the Bible said pretty soon that all the congregation rose up and they began to sing and they began to give God glory. Something had started. And it all started because of one person that decided that on New Year's Day that he was going to walk into that house of God and he was going to make a difference because he believed that the God that he served was the eternal creator of all things. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Well, the thing was done suddenly. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. 
as of a rushing mighty wind. Suddenly it came. Three days in the grave and there came an earthquake that began to shake the world to its very foundation and the devil was confined. There was nothing that he could do because the God of the universe was getting ready to implement the divine strategy for man's redemption and he paid dearly to bring it Suddenly, suddenly you can be changed. We don't have to go through 20 weeks of triple, double, quadruple A's, whatever it is that they go through. I'm not, I'm not trying to diminish what they do because it's a good thing in society that you know, that helps people. But listen, I'm here to tell you that when the Bible tells me that when you receive the Holy Ghost and when you are baptized, when I was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your of my sins, you understand that I believe that preacher that all of my past was not just forgiven but it was forgotten by Him. And if He was willing to give me a chance, then I was willing to put it all on the line. Second Chronicles 30, look what happens when it ignites on the inside. The Bible says, and they came from all over the country to worship and celebrate the Passover. There had been nothing like it since Solomon's time. You don't think something great can start here? Then, quite honestly, you, you're in the wrong thinking tank. Brother Jacob, I know that God can start something from your life that can be transferred. Amen. Brother McKeown, you're not too old. Devin, you're not too young. We can deal with all the politics that we want to deal with here, come Georgia and everything else. Come on. Last time I heard, devil went down Georgia. <laughs> but no, wait, I think he died. So I don't know who's singing that song anymore. So, but you understand, you can deal with politics all you want. You can get caught up in that arena, and trust me. I, I pray, I hope that something good comes out of it. But you understand, you can't, you can't trust, you can't trust the governor. You can't trust those two parties. You can't trust what goes on, what deals are made in Washington D.C. 
You can't trust even what goes on in Olympia. You can't even trust what goes on in your own city. What you can trust is your walk with God. What you can trust is your altar and working order. What you can trust is your worship and your devotion to God. That's the only thing that you can put in the bank. That's all you can trust in. You can't even trust in my walk with God necessarily. And I can't trust yours. But I can only trust my walk with God. I can only trust what I can get from Him and give out to people. As you stand, went all over the country. New Year's Day, New Year's Day 1900. If I got my history right, New Year's Day 1900, I believe there was something that happened in a little place called Topeka. Yo, Topeka. Somebody got a hold and read the book of Acts. They said, wait a minute here. I don't have the experience that I want to have. Few Bible students. They got a hold of God, and God poured out the last days. He poured out 1900 years later. He poured out in the last days His Spirit upon a group of Bible class students. And it began a world global wide revival that was ultimately going to produce the greatest oneness church that the world outside of the apostolic times has ever seen. And that's you and me and several other organizations. We are the evangelistic truth of God's Word. But here's the really good part, right? Verse number 27. Watch this. Then the priests and the Levites stood and blessed the people. And their voice was heard. And their prayer came up to His holy dwelling place even to heaven and God gave them favor. Happy New Year's. We're open for business. We're open, folks. Hello. We are open for business. Not my business, but my Father's business. We are open to serve. That's what people do when they open the doors. What do they open? Well, because we're serving. We're serving whatever, whatever we have. 
We serve. That's what yes. businesses do. Yes. Brother Jeff, you serve life insurance policies. Some of the rest of Brother Ali, he serves bus rides. We're here to serve. We are here to serve first and foremost. The writer said you're called, first of all, you're chosen to stand before God. Be His ministers and to burn incense in the holy place. You cannot help on the outside until you have things going on on the inside. Your first calling is to serve God with everything that is 